Welcome to this week's edition of the All Saints Lutheran Church podcast. All Saints is a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are located in Davenport, Iowa. Each week we bring you the digital edition of the weekly sermon. Enjoy! Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives a cup of, cold, uh, gives a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell. Where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. This is the third week of what is really supposed to be a six-week sermon series, only we're only doing four weeks. There are two sessions that I have purposely left out. Months ago when I had decided this is what I was going to do as I was planning the adult forum and getting everything scheduled and, and getting information out to you, as I was looking at this series, I, what I've really felt is so important is this overarching theme that, that Dan Kimball is talking about, about this Christian bubble, and how is it we break through that bubble, how do we reach people today, and how is it we can be, we can be open to other people. And, and the two sessions that I purposely left out, I, I left out for a very, very deliberate reason. But, but since you know that I have, I, need, I feel like I need to tell you what they were. And one is, is the church, does the church dislike or hate women or something like that was the title of it. Frankly, I just didn't want to go there. <laughs> and then the other one was, the question to address was, is the church homophobic? And the reason I left both of those sessions out is I think they misdirect us. I think they're too easy. It's too easy to go down that road and then talk about issues and particular issues as opposed to talking about the big picture about how we get trapped into a Christian bubble and what is our calling as missionaries, what is our calling as Christians to burst through that bubble and and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. So the question that Dan is putting before us today has to do about other faiths, Buddhist, Islam, um, Hindu, all different kinds of faiths. And are we judgmental or do we think that all other faiths are wrong? So let's hear what he has to say and then we'll have some discussion. 
are up here in the hills of Santa Cruz at a retreat center. It is a really, really beautiful place, and it's called the Land of Medicine Buddha, a center for healing and developing a good heart. As you can see, it is a Buddhist retreat center. Over there is a prayer wheel. Over here is a Dharma bell. And it's up in the redwoods, and it's a uh, super peaceful place. A really interesting thing about this place is that it is an interfaith type of retreat center. They are very open to having Christians meet here if they wanted to, Hindus meeting here, Muslims meeting here. They aren't closed off to just only Buddhists as a retreat center. To me, this represents a lot of what's going on in our emerging culture. To kind of show this for an example, let me take you back to Main Street, USA in the 1940s or 1950s. If you're walking down the street, then you were to ask, you know, what religious faith do you have? You'd probably have people identify themselves as Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, or others. But for the most part, everybody would probably have some sort of denominational tie, even though they were not necessarily going to a church. Let's now jump to current times, walking down the same Main Street, USA. The question now I'd want to say is, who are Christian out there? And then you would see there's a certain percentage of people. Then the question also gets raised, who are those that are spiritual but not religious? And you would probably have a flood of people identify themselves like that. Then I would ask, who's Buddhist? Who's atheist? Who's Muslim? Who's universalist? You have Jewish, you have Hindu, you have Wiccan, Unitarian, Scientologists. There are all types of religious faiths out there. In our culture today, we have really moved from a what Christian denomination are you from to a what religion or religions are you from world. Another example of this is I was recently in San Jose and I saw a board game called Enlighten, take a spiritual journey around the world. It basically is a trivial pursuit type of a game that lists all of the different world faiths and teaches you, you know, what each one is about. What's really interesting about that is, again, it reinforces how Christianity is now one option among many. So what's going on is younger people in particular that are growing up, although they may not become hardcore Buddhists or hardcore Muslims, they are becoming more and more aware and open to the fact that Christianity is not the only option that is out there anymore. Depending on where you may live, you may or may not notice this. But the fact is, it is occurring all over the country. I was recently in the Bible Belt uh, speaking with some church leaders, and I raised this whole issue up about how pluralistic religiously our culture is getting and one of them said, no, we do not have that here in our town. We are predominantly all Christian and that's not made its way here. I happened to be in their airport that very morning and so I asked them, what is the name of the chapel in your own airport here in your own town? And they didn't know. And it was actually called Interfaith Chapel and it had all of the different global religious symbols all around the perimeter as you walked in. So there in the heart of the Bible Belt, interfaith spirituality was present. The point that I'm trying to make is this. 
You might not yet see a rising diversity of faiths like we do in Santa Cruz, but just like we saw in the Bible Belt, it's starting to happen everywhere. And if you haven't noticed it, it's only a matter of time before you do. Not only is Santa Cruz diverse culturally, the landscape is pretty diverse too. A 15-minute drive from the Redwoods puts you on some of the best surfing beaches in the country. In fact, Santa Cruz is even mentioned in the Beach Boys song, Surfin' USA. Just a few blocks from the beach is a popular coffee shop called Java Junction, which is managed by a friend of mine named Dugan. We got to know each other when I intentionally broke out of the church office bubble and began spending two days a week studying and prepping sermons and meeting with the people here instead of being cloistered all week in the church office. Dugan has an outgoing personality and he loves talking to people. One of his pet peeves, however, is when he gets into conversations with Christians about their faith is their unwillingness to break free from a set formula and be open and willing to listen to differing opinions. Let's see what Dugan has to say today. Tell me about your childhood. Did you have any church experience or other religious uh, faith growing up? No, not really. Uh, it's pretty much uh, age 12, 13. Uh, I started to go and, and uh, have some heavy questions in and of itself about faith and about God. And uh, I went to my dad, and uh, he kind of he gave me he gave me several books. He gave me the King James Bible, and uh, he gave me the Koran. He gave me the I Ching, the Tao, and uh, he let me read those all on my own pace and everything, and kind of formulate my own uh, myth system or faith system as far as as God and spirituality was concerned. As you then grew up out of teenage years. What then started being any experiences that you had with Christians in particular? I used to work for a company here in, in Santa Cruz, and uh, every summer we would have two groups uh, from uh, out of state or out of country come and work for us. One, one was usually from the UK, and then one usually predominantly either was from the East Coast or from the Bible Belt. One day we went to go to, go to lunch with them before the game, just kind of feel them out a little bit, and... <clears throat> The conversation inevitably got led towards faith and spirituality and stuff like that. And he kind of fell into this whole kind of like horse with the blinders type deal where he started going and, and, and quoting scripture. He said that Jesus was the one true God and that, that the sooner that we get along and, and figure that out for ourselves, the better off we were all going to be. I wish Christians wouldn't use the Bible as a weapon. It's a book. It's a learning tool. Uh, I, I was taught that, that all books are sacred. All knowledge is sacred. And for you to go and, and cite things at me and uh, to use it as, as a, a fallback mechanism, that's what I feel is like one of the major things that Christians need to be better about. You guys do recognize other religions and stuff like that, but it's like on this kind of like, oh, well, you know, the Buddhists... It's kind of like, you know, oh, they'll, they'll figure it out eventually, you know? We're these little underdeveloped children whose minds haven't really fully grown yet, and 
we need some help along in the right direction and you guys are just the group that's going to help us out. That's the vibe that goes and turns most people that I know away. This one time I just, I brought up the subject of Buddha to some, some Christian friends of mine and the looks that they passed me uh, weren't so much like, you know, did you forget to take your medication? But uh, it really surprised me in the fact that they can go and talk to me about their faith and about what they feel about how God has put us here and everything. But yet, when I go and I ask them about what I feel and about some of my beliefs that I am formulating, they won't listen to me. And they shut themselves off. They segregate themselves to that extent. You and I had a talk one time where the whole question of do Christians believe there's only one path to God mm -hmm. and, um, or are there many paths to God? Well, you were like the first, that was the, that was the thing that I was the most surprised about was the fact that the, the, the recognizing of faith, okay, the, the, the underlying fact of that there are a bunch of basic tenets in all religions that are, you know, pretty much the same. And so, one, the, di the diagram that you drew for me, the things that I remembered the most and the, the, the feelings that it invoked in me the most was the fact that understanding the recognizing of the other face, that was what you did, and that really, really surprised me, made me feel more open, okay? But it was the same fact that you were so <sighs> rock steady in your belief, so steadfast in, in, in what you believed. I wouldn't consider myself one specific religion. I'm still figuring things out. I'm still formulating my, my myths and my beliefs. And I think, that's where, I think that's where Christians don't give space either, is the fact that when you're going and trying to go and figure things out on your own, they want to help you along, man. They, they'll do everything in their power to go and help you along and help you figure things out. Well, maybe I just need to be alone and figure things out a little bit. Thanks, Brian. Okay, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, in many ways, you're, you're blessed living in the Quad Cities because you get to see different faiths. Let's, let's talk about where is that in this community that you have, have seen or you, you come up against or you experience people of other faiths and other backgrounds? Where do you, where do you see that and, and, and encounter that? Melissa, how at school? Talk a little bit about that, would you? Her headdress. Oh, okay. All right. So having, having, just so that this is heard on the podcast too, um, having a Muslim in your classroom and the dietary restrictions during certain holidays and that kind of stuff, but the fact that she's, she's present in the classroom wearing her headdress and stuff like that. Other places where you experience and run up against Claire. A bat mitzvah card you went to buy? They kept, wait a minute, they kept bat mitzvah cards in a shoebox of the register? 
oh my goodness, that if they were left out, if they were left out, if the bat mitzvah cards were left out, then sometimes they would come along and they would find that the cards had been defaced. And so not only are you coming up against a culture, you're coming up against a reaction to somebody of a different faith in a very negative way, okay? And, and certainly we've, we've, it's very sad to hear that story, you know, and, and to hear that in our own community. Um, but there are even, obviously, globally, we see that all the time and even more violent kind of out, outbreaks regarding other faiths. Other stories of, in the community where you've come up against people of other faiths, other... I say, John, John Deere, Alcoa, even Scott Holton said Mid-American, it's all around you at, in the work. Right. Wonderful. That they were, okay, so they were excited about the possibility of having a worship space here in the Quad Cities. Have you? Absolutely. And that is so key, Mark, is to understanding their faith and their tradition, their backgrounds, where they're coming from. Because only when we have some sort of understanding of that can we then even begin to have conversation and, 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 and to think about having, you know, how do we have a relationship with them, you know, and, and how do we go about that. Other places, I know that Bob Peterson said, you know, in the medical profession, at the hospitals, doctors, often we have um, several doctors in particular from India or from that region um, that are um, taking care of you. Um, any place else that you run up against it? Okay, and let me ask you this. Um, do you sense that there are people outside of, outside of Christianity, outside of the church, experimenting by mixing different faith traditions together? That they're going to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I kind of like this tradition and this teaching, and I like this one over here. So they're kind of plucking, if you will, and, and kind of forming their own faith, their own myth system, if you will, like what Dugan was kind of talking about. Do you sense people are doing that kind of thing? Yeah, Ronnie's saying yes. Mark's kind of saying yeah. Yeah. It, it really is anymore. And I, I think, you know, it's funny. We talked about this at first service, too, that it happens amongst Christian denominations in, in some ways in that, you know, you all will go off to your mom, your dad's, whoever's church or whatever for a Sunday, and you're all very great about bringing me back bulletins. Well, the reason you usually bring me back sample bulletins of where you've been, it's not so that I know you went somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it's not attendance taking. But you do it and you say, hey, look, they're doing this. You know, because there was something that happened there that you thought, oh, this was cool, and maybe that's something we should try here. And you start, you know, you start stealing ideas and, and you start sharing ideas. Well, that doesn't just happen cross denominations, you know. It doesn't happen cross just Lutheran churches or Lutheran Presbyterian. But we begin to see some of those kind of things in, in other faith backgrounds too that sometimes we say, you know, is there a way we can take that tradition and can it be adapted 
to our own faith system, to Christianity? Is there a way, because that was spiritually fulfilling or I could see something spiritually fulfilling, is that adaptable? And, and so we are becoming, you know, as the United States in particular, I think that melting pot, and as we become so global, um, we have, we have world travelers here by, because of their profession or, or whatever who, who go to these places and you bring, bring that stuff back. Um, just as Bob was saying, we have, we have doctors from India. Well, you know what? Those doctors often come with children and so our teachers do have children in, in schools and, and our children become friends with some of those children. Um, Ariana, I was telling this story at first service. Ariana had... Um, has a really good friend, Emily. And Emily's dad is Jewish, and Emily's mom is Christian. And um, her parents have since divorced, but, but they, they kept their own face while they were married too. But now when Emily goes and spends a weekend with dad, she's Jewish. And when she's home with mom, she's Christian. And she too had a bat mitzvah, and Ariana was invited to that bat mitzvah. And it was a wonderful experience for her to sit there and, and to go to that and, and to go to the celebration afterwards and, and, and to share that story. Now, her brothers gave Ariana such a terrible hard time. It was while they were still at home, so she was quite younger. And, and they were, the boys were at home, and they would just tease and, and poke. It was like they were poking a stick at Ariana, and they would say, well, is Emily Jewish or is she Christian? Because she can't be both. What is it? Does she believe in Jesus or does she not? What's going on, Ariana? And Ariana would just like, stop it. I've had enough. I don't know. She's trying to figure it out. You know, and we all go on a path where we have to figure things out. Now, one of the traditions that Ariana would like to see us implement from Emily's home, from Emily's dad's home, rather, is that often in Jewish homes, uh, a copy of the Ten Commandments is placed on the front door on both sides, so that as you're going out or as you're coming in, you are reminded of the Ten Commandments. You're reminded of the law. And it's a reminder to live your life in accordance with those laws in your going out and your coming in. And Ariana was very intrigued by that. And she's, she has asked me, Mom, is that something we could do? Is, is that something that would be very appropriate? Well, yes, that would be very appropriate for us as Christians. That would be something certainly we could do. Um, I've not yet found a copy of the Ten Commandments that so would be weatherproof on both sides of the door that, that could hold up to our snow and all that kind of stuff. But that is certainly something I would love to do. And I've even thought about burning a copy with uh, my calligraphy burning pen into our wood door, um, which I think could be very beautiful. Um, but, you know, that's part of, I think, part of that sharing of, of tradition and culture. Now, let me ask you this, because... One of the things that, um, you know, is certainly led to believe, and we had lots of discussion about this in the adult forum, is we as Christians truly believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And what we don't get in this half of the video that comes later, and if you were at the adult forum, you, you get to see where, where Dan then has a diagram of if you believe in Buddha, Buddha leads to God. If, if you believe in, in um, Hindu, Hindu leads to God. But they're on separate mountains, if you will. And if you believe in God, as Christians, our avenue up to God or our connection to God is through Jesus Christ. And, and one of the things that he talked about is, you know, we, we often say, well, it doesn't matter what you believe, y'all are connected to God. 
Well, the truth is what we believe as Christians is the way to the God of salvation is only through Jesus Christ. Now, we do believe, too, that God died once and for all. And it is not for us to judge who God chooses to save. Okay, did you hear me clearly? It's not for us to decide who God chooses to save. But we do as Christians, our fundamental belief is that Jesus was God's son and that is how we have our salvation is through the salvation. I can't say the word. His dying act on the cross. That's what I want to say. (laughs) I'll just put it that way. Because of Christ dying for us on the cross, he has earned for us our salvation and we believe that that comes to us in only that way as Christians. Now, the challenge that I think Dugan puts before us is how do you have those conversations? Because far too often, it comes in a thumping fashion, doesn't it? And think about it. If somebody came to you as a Buddhist and said, my way is the only way, and if you don't believe my way, you're going to hell, you know, how would we react to that? You'd shut down, wouldn't you? You'd you'd slam a door. You'd walk away. Your defenses would come up immediately, and, and you wouldn't be responsive to that. And so part of what Dugan was saying was that it wasn't the message, and it wasn't that he didn't want the conversation. He was very open to that. But it was how you go about having the conversation, and that you do that with mutual respect and understanding of where he came from and an honoring of that. Ken. Dan, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. What Ken said was that one of the things Dugan appreciated was that Dan did not back down on his own convictions, that he was clear of what his convictions were, and he wasn't apologetic for that. And I think that's something really important. We don't have to apologize that we are Christians and that we believe that salvation comes through Jesus Christ. That, that is a non-negotiable of who we are. Yeah, Roger. Right, exactly. And that was the, the diagram that he ends up showing is that you can believe to Buddha and that's one God. You can believe in Hindu, that's another God. And you believe in Christianity and that's another God. But they're not, they're different mountains. They're not necessarily, they are not, in fact, not necessarily, they are not the same gods. They're different gods that are believed in. And, and, and that was very eye-opening, I think, for a lot of people in um, the adult forum to see that diagram that we all seem to say well you know what we all believe in the same God ultimately anyway well that's not true it's a very different God that folks believe in and, and, and we do believe in the one true God right right absolutely and so, so when we talk about different faiths we're talking about different gods and to be clear about who is that God we believe in and where does our salvation come from ultimately what this is then for us is a challenge isn't it it's a challenge about how is it we become missionaries in a world and very much here in the Quad Cities in an environment that is open and we are surrounded by different faiths and different traditions and how is it we approach that And we had a lot of conversation about that in the adult forum, about how you come and you plant the seeds and you trust the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say and to continue to work and and to work in that person. 
but you come as friend in relationship and, and, and not in that I've got something you don't and you better get it figured out. And so it's, it's all about how is it we continue to approach each other and come together. Jamie. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, because then it really plays on their emotions, especially if it's two parents doing that. Then who's right and why? And I have to choose sides. I don't get all that. And to have children be caught in that is really awful. Yeah, Ronnie. Right. Well, and that's, and that's tricky because what we also want to say is that as long as you're Christian, you believe in the same God, but that's not necessarily the case either because Jehovah's Witness and, and Mormons are a little bit different in how they understand who God is too. And so we have to be somewhat careful of those teachings too. It really is important in many ways to be in conversation with people of different faith so we understand them and we understand their traditions. That's what Mark's saying too is that's what's critical. Go to their worship places with them and, and get some sort of understanding of, of who they are and what are their faith um, non-negotiables because then that helps you in conversation as to, um, to enter into some, some sort of dialogue with them. That's what this whole challenge is about. As we think about and we hear and we walk through this sermon series together, it really is that call to how is it we open ourselves up to all the possibilities that surround us and how is it then we respond as missionaries proclaiming Christ. Please pray with me. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the podcast from All Saints Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa. Please know that you are welcome to visit and worship with us anytime you're in the Quad Cities. You can also find us online at www.allsaintsdavenport.org. We are missionaries proclaiming Christ, and we pray that you have a blessed week surrounded by His love.